This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patreon exclusive edition of The Wrestler Review. My name is John. I don't want to do this Hastings, and this is my co-host, Dylan. I'm really into everything Bucks you off the boat. Oh, that means other Dylan got. I find this reprehensible. He is one of the worst human beings ever. Yeah, let's put it this way. He was his behavior was so bad Vince McMahon didn't hire him in the 80s. Keep in mind Vince McMahon was like British bulldogs, assaulting people. Very good. Pat Patterson, have your way with those little boys. Rock and roll Buck Zumoff. Boo, too much for me. No, the no, here's the here's the here's the fun here's the fucking great thing about Buck Zumoff. He really was not good. <laughs> he was just fucking shit. Do you think that there's a, a, possi- a possibility? And he's a puddle, man. He's the worst. He's so bad. Um, yeah, he's just not good. And because they they used him as a jobber for like four five years in the early nineties. Like Buck Zumoff made money with the check from WWF on it. But keep this in mind: is that. And it's not even... He was paid money after he was clearly a pedophile by the WWF. Oh, God. This isn't Chris Benoit where they were like, oh, we learned later that he killed his family because you didn't know. Like, no one knew. They did that tribute show and no one knew Chris Benoit killed his family. Yeah, no. This guy was a convicted pedophile and they were like, here's $500. Thanks for being a part of the team. I like, well, in their head, I guarantee, because of the time frame it was, which is late 80s, early 90s, it was like, well, he's not winning. Yeah, exactly. He's not He's not winning. Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, like, God. Oh, okay, so Buck Zumoff was born March 21st, 1951. Mm, yep. it, yeah, and within about 20 minutes of being born, he had sex with two puddles of sperm because they were younger than him. And a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. The crazy thing is I can see John's hard from that idea. Mm, I'm hard from other things, but yes, I have an erection. Now listen, uh, our researcher, the beautiful Christopher Hobson, I think sums up uh, Buck Zumoff perfectly. This is in our notes. Uh, Within 20 minutes of research, without hyperbole, Buck Zumoff is a strong contender for the biggest piece of shit in wrestling, and that includes the man that murdered his own family. Comma. Not that I wish to develop a scale for such things. Period. Fuck. I mean, I think we yeah. need a scale now. Yeah, I'm like, well, guess what, Hobson? Next week, we need a scale. Number one, Buck Zumoff. Number two, Chris Benoit. And way at the other end, Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how, like, a... Cl- I mean, it's going to sound... I'll stop myself from saying what I was going to say. Say it. Say it. Fuck you. Say it. I was going to say, like, the range of what makes a jobber a jobber. Like, Lanny Poffo, (laughs) I get up every day at 4 a.m. and I have one meatball. I only eat before I'm about to go to bed and right when I wake up. And then I jog the rest of the day. Buck zoom off. First of all. First of all, first of all wrong, too. wrong, wrong. First of all, he doesn't eat any proteins in the morning. He eats a selection of blueberries and nuts in the morning. Okay. Um, and then he goes and does wind sprints and plays basketball as the sun comes up. Then he sits in an infrared sauna. Then he has his first bowel movement of the day, makes sure it's solid. Then bidet, clean wipe, no paper whatsoever. 
then he does more push-ups, swims in a pool, and then only in the evening does he eat two meatballs, I think it is. I can't envision Lanny Poffo being good at basketball whatsoever. He's either good at ba- really shit at basketball or they let him win or he's going to do one of his poems. <laughs> Hello, urban youth. And now for a poem. There was a, once a man named Lanny and he always had sex with your sister's fannies. They were adult appropriate. Now give me the ball or I'll send you to hall. Everyone wants cheddar cheese. <laughs> um, so Buck Zumoff loved, uh, loved John Hastings' future comedy. Actually, in prison, that's all he listens to. <laughs> yeah, it's because he... What? Why? Because they send him tapes. He's like, can you send me the... Yeah? Can you send me the big-headed boy? Yeah, yeah, that's better. Than be- I'd rather be listened to and try and bring joy to a monster unlike you, whose comedy inspires pedophiles. Oh, very good idea. <laughs> um... So, so old rock and roll Buck got to start in 1973 uh, as part of Vern Gagne's AWA training camp. Back it up, Vern's- back it up, back it up. Why did he get into wrestling? His older sister's boyfriend turned him on to it. Why was he near his older sister's boyfriend? He was trying to smell his sister's underpants. No, no, that's not confirmed. That's some journalistic, what do you call that? Integrity. There you go. Uh, Buck attended Vern Gagne's training camp, probably because he was like, well, that guy's probably also a sex criminal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Buck Zumoff, like, I, I, I would totally believe. Hey, yeah. Vern Gagne, where's your wife? She's over there. That's a chair. That's right. She went to the market without permission and spent money on lean, lean meats. We're a full fat family. Gladys, how fucking dare you? One skim milk, Gladys. One sip of skin milk, and I swear to God, I'll rip your fucking ears off. It's Gladys, so easy for me. You, Gladys, you better understand two things about me. One, I got into this for the marbling. Two, blueberries are for fucking children. <laughs> uh, I assume Buck Zumoff was like, hey, my name's Buck, and uh, I'm very attracted to one-year-olds. Also, you're good at wrestling. And then Vern was like, I only heard the good at wrestling part. Thank you, Mr. Zumoff. Do you think that when Buck Zumoff said, I want my name to be Buck, fuck Zumoff, and they were like, well, you can't do that. And he's like, all right, change the F to a B. (laughs) I think that Buck Zumoff, I want to, this is the thing. We can't really find that much on his childhood. I want to know what his childhood was like, because it must, it must have been just like how they wrote Kane's childhood yeah or maybe he's just a maybe he's just a true 1970s bad guy where it's like no i had a really good family and it i just wanted i just wanted to be the worst person ever minnesota is also a weird place in that minnesota breeds fucking weirdos explain well minnesota is the only state in the u.s that is elected socialist and communist governors senator senators and governors they've elected they elected jesse the body ventura which any other state that would be crazy and in minnesota it was like whatever um look at all (laughs) the wrestlers look at the wrestlers that came out of there rick rude the road warriors rick flair like all and all of their stories were like i remember when i was losing my virginity at 11 and i thought boo i waited too long (laughs) Oh, no. See, that's the thing. The regular way we have fun and make the jokum jokes uh, has much more levity because we... So we'll do his wrestling career first, and then we're going to talk about his crimes. And let me tell you this. 
the most visceral and disgusting crimes. Like it's, I listen, I, I have no problem telling you, I listen to some serial killer podcasts. I've listened to shit about fucking, and I'm sure you have too, John, uh, cannibalism. There is no, there is like, there is no comparison to Buck Zumoff. He's like one of the worst people I've ever heard about. Yeah, he's an unadulterated piece of shit. Yeah, he's a fucking monster. Yeah, he sucks huge donkey dicks. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's a real good thing to say. Yeah, he's a fucking terrible man, and I hate him. So let's get through his wrestling career, and then we can discuss his horrible behavior as a human being, and let's all be happy he's in fucking jail. Not for long, though. It's it's not hard to get through his wrestling career, because it's basically, he goes to the AWA, um, he's trained by Billy Robinson, who beats the shit out of him. Makes him cry a lot. Greatest yeah. part of the research. Yeah, and then he met Billy Robinson, and Billy Robinson smelled evil and was like, well, I don't want to go to jail for murder. I know. I'll break his spirit. Not understanding that Buck Zumoff's spirit is a fucking ashtray filled with clove cigarettes, so his spirit is impossible to break. But because Buck Zumoff clearly is a wild narcissist, by the way, still sort of friends with the honky-tonk man, who else is shocked? Jesus fucking Christ. Of course he's friends with the honky-tonk man. That's like... <laughs> The Honky Tonk Man's like Sinatra in the go-between between the Kennedys and the mob, essentially. It was just pedophile secrets being swapped between Lawler and fucking Zumoff. But here's the thing is, he does, he's one, uh, here's the weird thing about Honky Tonk Man. Hasn't spoken to Jerry Lawler in 30 years and is one of the few people in wrestling that is like, yeah, he's a pedophile. While Buck Zumoff, he's like, misunderstood genius. He, but he's so bad at it. He's so bad at wrestling. He's awful. He's trained by Billy he's, Robinson, who basically makes him cry, and then he just goes into the AW. He wrestles in Vancouver for yeah. a little while. He then became rock and roll Buck Zumoff. Yeah, he would uh, basically, his comeback was he would wiggle his butt, which if you want to vomit, watch that. He would wiggle his butt while they chant rock and roll, and then he would make his comeback. I mean... What he did was is a very very smart thing if you're if you know your shit, which is what he did was he got in with the AWA pretty much immediately in 1975 because Vern thought saw a glint of evil in his eyes and decided I want to control this evil. Also, by and, the way, uh, Buck, Buck Sumoff just in a great is on the list of one of the many people who claim to be the first person to play music as they came out, along with the Freebirds, the Vaud Erics. It's either Mildred Burke or Gorgeous George. That's who played music when they walked out, you fucking losers. Well, here's the thing. You just... All right. If we can completely... How about for one second, pretend that this guy didn't do all this shit. Pretend that he didn't do this horrible shit. He's so infuriating even then. Like, he just flat out makes shit up. Like, he's a fucking... He's a. He's clearly, like, he's got the same mind as a serial killer. It's just that he's not strong enough or smart enough to do the actual those things. Well, it's also, like, one of those things where what's even weirder is the AWA put him in high-profile matches. They put him in... Well, he was the only one left. No, but I'm talking about when, like, Hogan was there, Andre the Giant was still coming through, yeah. Tito Santana. He had a feud with Bobby Heenan and is the only person to not be beaten by Bobby Heenan for a weasel uh, weasel costume match. Like, it's this weird thing of they're like, we hate him. We don't want him here. We're kind of booking him to be sort of strong. It's fucking gross. No, he was, like, he was a player in the AWA because the AWA wanted, like, a light heavyweight division so he was doing like pretty well, and also he's 
forget this. He's a Vern Gagne loyalist, and the other thing that he has in spades is that he is not in Vern Gagne's division. They're doing a light heavyweight division. Buck Zumoff is the head of that light heavyweight division, and that's not a threat to Vern, because every time another wrestler, Hulk Hogan, Nick Bockwinkle, would get to a certain level, Vern Gagne would have to check them, be like, old baby's gonna fucking pin you with a step-over toehold or some shit. Yeah, old baby's gonna win with an arm bar. Arm bar! Uh, there's no way you're six foot eight, 300 pound Hulk Hogan would beat up my used to wrestle and now it's fake. <laughs> I was listening to a shoot interview about Houston wrestling and Vern Gagne came to Paul Bosch's goodbye show when he was still feuding with Vince McMahon and they added extra, there was talk of adding extra security. They didn't end up doing it because they were like, well, all these other promoters won't do anything and then they were like oh Vern's coming and there and they were like boo we might need to think about it <laughs> like when you're in a room with Stu Hart who Vince at this point has also fucked the and the only person you're concerned about is Vern Gagne we better get extra security around Vern Gagne or he's gonna get Buck Zoom off to fuck Stephanie oof oh he's a fucking piece of shit he claims to have been best friends with Buddy Rose Buddy Rose denies it um, his biggest spot in wrestling is Bobby Heenan broke his radio. His radio that had to play only Jerry Lee Lewis because that's the only rock and roll that Vern Gagne knew. Yeah, <laughs> Vern Gagne. So the way Buck Zumoff was dressed is he was rock and roll Buck Zumoff, but he was in a complete like glittery deep V onesie with a boombox. So he just combined like nine different things. Yeah. He was like the Midnight Rockers if the Midnight Rockers had Jam Jam. And it's crazy. The thing that's the worst thing about Buck Zumoff is that all these wrestlers like knew what was going on. And as Dave Meltzer puts it, and this is a direct quote, one of the perks of being a wrestler in the early 80s and the 70s was that you got young girls. Uh. That's why everyone just put up with it. This is the sad review. <laughs> Everyone that's like, wrestling sucks now, uh, all the wrestlers suck, um, maybe maybe I, I'd like to put to you that maybe it's maybe wrestling isn't as good because there's so much of it, and I'd also like to put to you that there are obviously better people, because if any if Seth Rollins looked at a kid for four, four seconds, he would be fired. <laughs> Whereas these guys are like, pot, just stacking up bodies, and everyone else is just not saying shit. We were making money. We were on top. We didn't have time to figure this out. Oh, I fucking hate wrestling. Oh, man. Especially, like, I'm so glad that... Can you imagine? Like, there's an alternate universe where the AWA keeps Hogan and Vern Gagne actually decides, like, you know what? I should lose. Or, sorry, I should, like, let Nick Bogwinkle lose to Hulk Hogan. And then do, like, Vern Gagne and Hulk Hogan tag matches. And maybe the AWA is an actual second competitor to the WWF just on the back of the superstar that uh, Hulk Hogan become. And then all the Buck Zumoff come, shit comes out and that company still folds. Ugh. I just hate, I hate doing this episode. I hate it. I hate it. I feel dirty. I feel like we can't have fun with all the fun jokes we make at the expense <laughs> of wrestlers. Every time yeah. I, I try and make like, cause it's like, I'm sorry, guy. we don't do fun observations about the ring ropes. We do this show to say, come near wrestlers. And then we talk about their horrible injuries and their bad lives. And you've you've broken us by doing this episode. You've broken us. Go listen to the Alicia Fox episode. It's fun. 
Unlike this is just, and then Vern Gagne looked the other way again. Oh, and then there was just a bunch of small shoes covered in blood backstage. Yeah, this is more like a. This is more like well, who is that? Who is that guy? Uh, John Walsh should be on this show. Yeah, this should have been called the Walsh Review, and John Walsh is just sharpening a blade and heading off to prison where Zuck Boom 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 is staying. Yeah, well, I mean, he did lose. He won the AWA light heavyweight title. Buck did in 1983 to from Mike Graham. The AWA in the middle 80s is just, who else is ready to meet some lying pieces of shit? Mike Graham, get over here. Oh, you know that I'm the reason that Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan. He wanted to call himself Sunshine McGillicuddy. And I was like, you're not the son I am. Ha 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 ha. My dad killed himself. <laughs> well, that's that's probably the best thing is that uh, Mike Graham, like they could have just renamed the AWA Bulk's Barn of Perverts in 1984. <laughs> Jerry Lawler was there towards the end for Super Clash. Ooh, yes, he was. Him and Buck trading fucking secrets. Jerry's probably being like, remember, you want to hide in plain sight and be a pillar to the community. And Buck's like, I like to just dress up like a dick and hang out at the elementary school. (laughs) Buck Zumoff is the most obvious pervert ever in wrestling. Like Jerry Lawler, we call Jerry Lawler a pedophile, and Jerry Lawler is uh, a pedophile because he is an old man who has sex with women that are, what, like 17, 16, 17? Yeah. Yeah. Buck Zumoff is, check, 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 check. Je- Buck Zumoff makes Jerry Lawler look like... Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz, yeah. <laughs> Our reference for b- best person. Well, you're going to lose because you're Jewish. You know what? A paycheck's a paycheck. That's exactly what they would say. Jew, now get in the ring. Isn't it crazy that Buck Zumoff and Barry Horowitz shared a locker room then? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Such awkward chat. What are you going to do this weekend, Buck? Fuck. That's why they call me Buck. Okay. I'm going to read from the Torah. Um. So, Kurt Henning once ribbed Buck Zumoff by uh, telling, pretending to be a girl calling him on the phone and then buck uh was in a parking lot jacking off he was just and by the way he wasn't meeting the girl (laughs) in the parking lot he just went to a parking lot he was supposed to meet the girl in the parking lot it was a prank by kurt henning and apparently kurt henning um was never forgiven by buck and kurt henning is of course passed away and buck zumoff is still alive and that's why there's no god Mm, or there is a god and he's like there's no way i'm having buck zoom off even in hell i don't need him giving the devil ideas <laughs> oh man and then he's like he just says a bunch of whack shit like he says he like basically he's like i was the rock and roll express and the midnight rockers before they were and it's like you weren't the first person to say you were a rock and roll like you're not the first person to put rock and roll in wrestling by this point it's been around for 20 fucking years like yeah and also by the way since 1984 the WWF is doing the uh, the Wrestle Rock connection. Also, he claimed an unnamed wrestler peed on him on the side of the road. That wrestler was Buck Zumoff. Buck Zumoff was played by who fucking cares? Another sad story. He wrestled Tiger Mask at the um, last stadium show for the AWA Wrestle Rock. Tiger Mask obviously probably burned the costume he wrestled in and was grateful that it was a full body suit. <laughs> what a great idea what a great idea to um re- like this is the thing that he's the lat this is how you know buck zoom off fucking sucked or there's a bevy of reasons to not hire buck zoom off okay here's like, one essential- great but can we talk about the marty Jannetty thing just because this is just it gets worse marty Jannetty caught him having sex with two women 
and talked about how it was like Buck used to brag about having dozens of girlfriends. I always thought it was a little weird. And then Marty Jannetty tried to fuck his own daughter. So those of you that don't know, Marty Jannetty claims he was hacked, but essentially someone went on Marty Jannetty's Facebook and posted a picture of this girl saying like, this is my daughter, but we clearly have sexual chemistry. Should I fuck her? I will say this. I believe he was hacked because I do believe... Marty Jannetty doesn't know his own Facebook password. I would say this. Marty Jannetty thought that was email. He thought Facebook was email. <laughs> I believe that. Marty Jannetty, much like my mom at the dawn of social media, was like, it's just email. It's like, it is not just email. That's, I mean, yeah, I could, I could totally believe that. My uh, cousin Danny uh, used to not know how Facebook statuses worked, so he would just make Facebook events every time he made a <laughs> Facebook status. Finally, some fucking levity on this goddamn show. So you'd be like, attend. <laughs> I don't know, because I read it, so I just technically, I attended it. Even apart from his crimes, Buck Zumoff is just one of the craziest liars in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, which is a good thing, which is why he headed to WCCW in 1986, because he was like, well, I'm going to go where the fucking crazy people are. By the way, this is the <laughs> towards the end of WCCW, where like all the, the Von Erics are dying, Fritz Von Erich has just gotten a guy and is like, this is Bo Von Erich. And everyone's like, that guy's name is Chris. He was the head of the football team. Oh, that guy lied, I guess. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing jobs on WWF television and like wrestling high up on the card in the AWA because he has no options. He's like one of those yeah. ECW guys who worked for free for the entirety of his career because he needed like a credit for indies. Also, he, um, Gary Hart knew that he said that he didn't know if Ken Mantell knew this, but he knew it, that um, Buck Zumoff was a bit of a heat score. He had a predilection for young women, drew a lot of attention to the police, and that was possibly right, the reason why he was in Texas at the time. So it was somewhat known by the more reasonable people in the business, like, like Gary Hart, for all of the things, he was around a lot of fucked up people, but he was the guy that was like, Fritz, get your kids sober. Gino, stop doing all the cocaine. All right, I'm leaving. All that sort of stuff. Like he was someone that was actually actually tried to keep people on the straight and narrow, and it didn't work because they were wrestlers in the '80s, and he was never a boss boss person, which is very sad. Yeah, I mean, it, just to to continue on the liar point, like his reason why he was never he never stuck in the WWF is because he was an outlaw and he didn't do what was to, what he was told to do. I would submit to you that you worked for Vern Gagne. You for sure told like. Vern Gagne of any of the other promoters demanded the most loyalty. Like, he worked for Vern Gagne for 13, 14 years because he knew with Vern Gagne, once you had your spot, Vern would never move you. Like, he had the most static lineup of any of the territories. The only guy that rose quickly was Hulk Hogan, and then when that happened, Vern had to, like, begrudgingly accept it but still just made him lose a fuck ton of times because he didn't trust anybody. Like, keep in mind, the AWA was structured that they would do one storyline a year. The rest of it was just static matches for statistics. Exactly. That's exactly it. It was just it was just live houses to keep shit going. Whereas Buck Zumoff, like, of course Buck Zumoff's not going to make it in the fucking WWF. He looks like, he looks like nine different types of pervert and he's out of shape. <laughs> You know what I mean? He just looks like a sack of shit. 
Yeah, he's not even putting effort into his body to be athletic to hide the fact that he's a terrible person who's terrible. Yeah, he looks like yeah, he looks like if any if you accuse Buxum off of a crime, no matter what that crime is, he's guilty as long as that crime isn't something to do with someone his own age. Like he's just he looks like he's the first wrestler I've seen who literally looks not strong enough to win any fights. Even Rey Mysterio would beat would beat up Buxum off extremely. Yeah, he's He's the first wrestler that is like, okay, my brother who's 15 could beat him up, but I'm not going to let him go near Buck Zumoff because that's going to be a crime. <laughs> but he's still working. Like, this is the fucking, this is the shitty thing about wrestling. I think this this show essentially is more of an indictment of 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s wrestling as a whole because in spite of the fact that, once again, this man by, um, when was his first conviction here? Uh, his first conviction is in the late 80s, basically, of being a pedophile. And in spite of, in spite of that, he works for Giant Baba. Uh, he still works for Don Owen. You remember, everyone loves Don Owen. And this is, and he was, uh, in the late 90s, he has a live-in girlfriend. He's arrested for domestic abuse a couple of times. He's working as a forklift operator and it's like i don't know man i just think he should have just been excommunicated from the world and that was without his charges yeah they keep in mind they didn't they didn't for sure know how big of a piece of shit he was and they were like yeah all right get out of here should we just assume that everyone knows why buck zoom off <laughs> is a shit person or no unfortunately we ne- you need to say what happens i'm not going to you do though why do i need to say it because you have a soothing voice all right well we'll get to the the shading around the aisle uh the, the what would you say the shading around the drawing that is buck zoom off being ter- a terrifying person uh he in basically he's out of wrestling but in 1999 and 2000, he starts a wrestling promotion that is based around women and little people. <sighs> and his quote was, we have our own set of midgets that we use regularly. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, buddy. He, and this is another shit. He just claims he had a 7 foot 1, 520 pound, 24 year old wrestler named Big Rig. And, he was, and then he was like, this guy was just like Shawn Michaels. Like, just a weird fucking liar. But I guess it's you're hard pressed to be like, that guy's a pedophile, but god damn it. <laughs> I never, he, he never had a loan that he didn't pay back. Let me say this about Buck Zumoff. Oh, sure, you wouldn't leave him around your family, but my God, you gave him $5, you get $5 back. <laughs> yeah, there's got <laughs> there's got to be one pedophile that's like, he does what he does, but I'll tell you this, I've never met a better mechanic in my life. Let me say this. Oh, sure, he murders kittens for boners, but let me ask you this. How expensive was your frame reframing of your house? Mine, ha- <laughs> half the price and done on time. <laughs> So he, uh, it, this is disgusting. Uh, he names his his daughter, his newly adopted daughter, essentially property. Uh, he named ha- he names her property. <laughs> um, Buck had had a uh, fling with a groupie in the early '80s, and uh, reconnected. And his daughter had reconnected uh, with him. Uh, and that by this point they were living together. They had been living together for about five years. Buck had, I believe, full custody, and he put his daughter in their promotion 
uh, as the star of the promotion, and her nickname was The Virgin, which makes my skin crawl. Ugh. Fuck you, Buxuma. Fuck you. She escaped a life of hell in June 2011 um, and took her husband's name because her last name was... Zoom off. A sc- yeah, a sc- no, a, a scar that will never be healed. <laughs> Isn't that good? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, no. This is the least fun thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah. And you once read a journal of your dad about describing your mom's quote-unquote flower of humanity. <laughs> oh, there was a bunch of drawings. There was a bunch of poems. That's love, though. Yeah. It's weird that he it, it, it was all written in crayon. So <laughs> so what I'm going to do a lot is... Of fo- a lot of photos of you sleeping next to them making love. Um, no, that never happened. That was you. No, it was not me. My parents were divorced before I was born. Yeah, but they still were like, ooh, I I need something to turn me on in the bedroom. Can John come over this weekend? That's what your parents did. <laughs> My parents are not Buck Zoom Off boy girl. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, never mind. I don't want to complete the thought. So here's, I'm going to start reading stuff that's sad, and then you're just going to, uh, do you want to, like, flash in things that make everyone happy? Yeah. Stop? Yep. Okay, so this is it. Zumoff was arrested for the final time on May 27th, 2013 and charged with six felony accounts of first-degree sexual assault for when Heather was under 16. Um, So he had basically been sexually assaulting his uh, daughter, his biological daughter. He had been sexually assaulting her for about since she was about 12 until she was uh, 27. So that's 15 years. Sea otters hold hands when they sleep to keep from drifting apart in the water. <laughs> Zumoff was uh, alleged to have sexually abused his daughter 1,800 times between June 1999 and June 2011. His bail was set for $500,000 uh, for unconditional release and $100,000 for cash for conditional release. No alcohol and no contact with the victim. The latter should surely always be the case. Oh, baby, Christopher Hobson, you're throwing the zingers in. He faced a maximum of 30 years uh, for the six counts of first-degree sexual assault and five years for the third-degree charges. The elements that we are composed of were formed in the interiors of collapsing stars, meaning we're all made of stardust. <laughs> uh, the So this is from the West Central Tribune. The abuse began when she moved to Zumoff's home in June 1999. For those of you keeping track, 1984, she was born, that she's 15 years old, in New London. The abuse began with him touching her breasts and then oral sex. I'm not done with the quote yet, but you're going to need to come in with something. Blind people smile even though they've never seen anyone smile. <laughs> Zumoff also made her dance in front of him with the brawn panties and watch pornography with him. After about two weeks, the abuse regressed to intercourse two or three times a day. In later years, the intercourse took place two to three times a week until the woman left. In June 2011, I'm going to burn my microphone and have a shower because I'll never be clean. The voices of Mickey and Minnie Mouse got married in real life. Is that true? Yeah, totally true. Also, uh, cows have best friends. I mean, that's really nice. You wasted one, though, because there's so much more oh, disgusting shit happening. I got so many more tabled. I, I, got, I, I, I prepared for this. I'm just going to uh, kind of summarize here. 
Um, the prosecution in this case, Heather's lawyer, was uh, thoroughly, thoroughly disgusted. And this, and this, I think, speaks to what we've been talking about. And I think this speaks to what a lot of people, other people, uh, this isn't really reported about wrestling, is that she was thoroughly disgusted about how many professional wrestlers were completely aware of what was happening and yet did nothing. Um, there was a... Uh, there's stuff I'm cutting out because it's just like... Uh, the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. That's interesting. I'll tell you something that's not the worst thing in the world. Puffins mate for life, and they make their homes in cliff sides and even leave separate room for their toilet. <laughs> I mean, that's really cute. Heather didn't want to say anything because she was afraid she would be blackballed from wrestling. Fisher, uh, this is her lawyer, said the nature of this crime was such that she would be attempting to keep him in prison for the rest. In July 1999, Heather's mother moved in with Zumoff and Zulamp was violent towards her. The mother tried to take Heather from Buck in September 99, but Zumoff threatened to kill himself. This is something he did all the time. She would threaten to leave. He would threaten to kill himself and told his daughter it would be her fault if he did it. So he stayed and the mother left. A group of flamingos is called a flamboyance. Are you serious? 100%. <laughs> I mean, you're just making this up. I'm did not you making Google, it like, cute facts? Of course. <laughs> we should do another episode where it's just cute facts. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the cute review? Oh, she would also, uh, he would also basically invite uh, friends over and then just feel up his daughter in front of them. Like, this was like an open thing. Butterflies can taste with their feet. So, the one, and... The one good thing is uh, he never admitted to it until it was basically the uh, until it was basically they had all the evidence they needed, and then old Buck uh, tried to escape the courthouse, so he was also charged with attempting to flee. Um, he's attempting to flee the law. Uh, he is in jail for thirty-one years, uh, so he gets out, and that was in. Ba -ba -ba -da 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 -da. In on May sixth, two thousand fourteen. Sorry, he received a total of twenty five years in prison. Judge ordered the sentences on the four counts to be served consecutively. He also, this is great. He also ordered uh, Zumoff to serve ten years of conditional release and pay two hundred dollars in fines. You can molest your daughter for a, a better part of a decade, and it costs you <laughs> half a PlayStation Four. If you spell out numbers in order. The first time you get to the letter A is at 1,000. That's a cute fact. I'm just... Th this is hard. <laughs> baby rabbits are More called... stuff about bunnies. Baby rabbits, okay, are baby rabbits are called kittens. Oh, that's nice. R worms, can <laughs> worms can communicate via snuggling. <laughs> uh, there's a guy on the YouTube... There's a guy who on a Buck Zoom Off shoot interview who commented... I've been to many R&R &R shows. That was Buck's uh, wrestling company. Pretty disappointing to know that Buck was raping his daughter for a decade, and now he's rotting. And now is rotting in prison. <laughs> so, so one guy's upset. There's a basketball court on the top floor of the U.S. Supreme Court building. It's known as the highest court in the land. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> That's really nice. I'm really trying here, Dylan. I'm really fucking trying. Uh, Buck Zumoff genuinely doesn't understand why what he did was a bad thing and shows no remorse for it. He, I, I want to know this guy's childhood because it's gotta be like, oh my god. To have no remorse for this shit is insane. The voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Jim Cummings, calls children's hospitals in his spare time to cheer up the sick kids. <laughs> That's really nice. John... 
Yeah. Instead of best and worst, I'm just going to ask you this. Is there a worse person in professional wrestling? Maybe more so, who is... Who is closest to Buck Zumoff for worst person in pro wrestling? I'm going to leave you. I'm going to answer that question. Uh, but first, I'm going to tell you that a group of pugs is called a grumble. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Um, who's second to. It's probably Chris Benoit's number two. Chris Benoit, number two, yeah. Quite hilariously, there's been no serial killers in wrestling. There was, yes. There was a. There's a luchador in Mexico who is a serial killer. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> also, who's worse, Benoit or the or Invader 2, the guy who killed Bruiser Brody? Because Benoit, murder-suicide, there's a kid there, yeah. I mean, it's apples It's apples to apples at this point. There's so many murderers. It's you. Have, there's so many. There's going to be... Here's the thing I, will, I, I guess we'll leave it on is that, like, don't be surprised in 10 years when it turns out that the WWF mid card in the mid nineties could all have been Buck Sumop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause crimes get really bad when they're two things, right? Like Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, uh, Jerry Lawler, like, like, uh, basically loves, he likes women young. Like they did in the songs in the fifties when every song was like, I'm 36 years old. I left my wife for a 14 year old. That's fine. You know, uh, whereas Buck Zumoff is literally an incestuous pedophile, and that's two things. Yeah, it's. I fucking. Ha- I just fucking hate. I hate. <laughs> it's really depressing. I hate hey, Robert Alley. You got what you wanted, didn't you? You fucking got what you wanted. Yeah, you bummed us out, mate. <laughs> like all I can say I'm is. I'm so glad we talked about Alicia Fox before this. Dylan, all I can say is that Katy Perry has a cat named Kitty Perry. Oh, that's really nice. Isn't that nice? Also, that is nice. If you tickle a penguin, it laughs. Are you serious? That's really nice. Yeah, this is like. How about this? How about we get this, guys? If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, uh, if you get, if you think someone at your workplace or that you know is a pedophile, just, just let them know that that's not fine, because <laughs> apparently no one in the '80s did that. Yeah, of course. And also, like, here's the thing: is super glad Rick Rude's dead. Because you know that he was just like sat in Buck Zumoff's living room and was like, that's fine. I wouldn't be so nice to one of my kids. Make him gay. Anyway, see you later. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Buck Zumoff. We'll have more great Patreon content for you guys. Something fun. Let's do a top five list uh, soon. John, say a top five list. I'll say one and then you say one and we'll decide which one it is. I already told you the one I was going to do before. Let's see if you remember it and steal it from me. Top five Barry Horowitz moments. Oh, that's real good. I'm going to go top five nicest human beings in wrestling. Oh, that's good. I want to do I want to do top five Barry Horowitz moments. How about top five silliest haircuts? Oh, that's that's really hard. Coco Beware would be like three on that three times. Because it's silly, you know what I mean? Like, it's not even bad. Like, we're not even mean about the haircuts. We're like, ooh. Did you know that no matter how old you get, there will always be some sort of food that you haven't tried yet? <laughs> Let's end on that. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, work out a top five and we'll put it up. Thanks for listening to Buck Zoom Off. This has been our nightmare and your nightmare. 
Hi, everyone. This is John Hastings from The Wrestler Review. If you've listened to this, you are a criminal. Go to jail. <laughs> bye-bye. I love you all. Bye-bye. Come, come, come in me, please.